Well, it's awesome to be together today. Thank you for joining us and want to welcome everybody who's watching online. We've been journeying our way through the Gospel of Luke and focusing on all the stories where we find Jesus at the table. Luke often records these meals with Jesus. We've followed this thread through the Gospel of Luke. We've been discovering how Jesus can transform our hearts, our homes, even how we see our own tables and how we might use those to the glory of God. And I am excited to continue today. Uh, I'd like to talk to us about this idea of the best seat in the house. So I hope you found a really great seat this morning. Uh, the best seat in the house. But uh, that's what we're going to talk about. And I got to tell you, for me, there is a huge difference between watching a baseball game on TV and actually being at the ballpark. I don't know about you, if you've had that experience. Uh, just being honest here today, I don't really watch baseball games on TV. It's kind of boring for me. Uh, but I do love going to the ballpark. And also, you know, when the Phillies get into the playoffs, it is a little more exciting. And they had a great win last night. So pumped for that. But I do love going to a game from time to time and, and getting in the ballpark. And I'll never forget a time when Angie and I had what I would consider like one of the best seats in the house. One of our friends had given us tickets to a Rockies game when we lived in Colorado. And we made the hour drive to Denver and then uh, got to Coors Field. And then um, we took our seats right behind the Rockies dugout, the first base dugout. And I've never sat so close to the action. There were baseballs flying at us the entire game or somebody had hit a ball to the deck above us and then it would bounce down and you'd be like, is it gonna land on my head? It's absolutely terrifying. Like, it's kind of like pay attention or die. So maybe here on Sunday mornings, if we could just get the elders to like throw things at people, you know, help keep you awake. I don't know. Uh, speaking of hot dogs, it was also $1 hot dog night. I must have had at least 10 hot dogs. I don't know. But it was amazing. I've never had an experience like that before or ever since where uh, I would say I was in maybe one of the best seats in the house. And uh, we all want the best seats. I want them. Uh, you want them. We live in a culture that truly prizes promotion and self-promotion. And that means uh, things like... Uh, getting ahead, putting yourself first, attaining to the best seats in the house. Those are some of our cultural values, right? Like achievement, success, uh, doing what we need to do to get ahead. But last week, we heard how Jesus criticized the Pharisees for desiring the best seats. And that just tells us there was something that wasn't right in their hearts. Luke eleven forty three. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplace. Now, the Pharisees were often in the synagogues. They knew their Bibles. They studied their Bibles. They were the Bible guys. Uh, they were considered the most into God in Jesus' day. And yet, you guys remember last week, I mean, Jesus, he took them down to the core. And he saw what was in their heart. They had a veneer of religion, but deep down inside, Jesus exposed a pride. He exposed a lack of concern for others, and even the way that the Pharisees had excluded certain people. And we know those aren't the values of Jesus. 
those aren't the values of the kingdom. And today we find Jesus at the table again. We meet Jesus at the table. And Jesus is offering us a new perspective on what it means to have the very best seat. And if I could summarize it, it's just as simple as it's not about me. It's not about us. But it really is about giving other people opportunities, taking a back seat so other people can take a front seat. And th those are the values of Jesus. Jesus transforms our understanding of who really matters. And he leads us to places of humility and openness towards others, which, by the way, is right where I want to be. It's right where you want to be. It's where we find out what it means to truly make a difference in other people's lives. So if you have your Bible, would you open it up to Luke chapter 14? Luke chapter 14. Now, Jesus just so happens to be at another dinner with the Pharisees. You're like, another dinner after what happened last week? I mean, he, Jesus flamed the Pharisees last week at a dinner. You know, kind of like, hey, pass the butter. And then you hypocrites, what are they doing inviting Jesus back? Have they not had enough? Like every time Jesus eats a meal with the Pharisees, it gets uncomfortable. Have you noticed that? So this is actually... Jesus' third meal with the Pharisees in the Gospel of Luke. Why is Jesus at another meal with the Pharisees? Well, last week we heard that the Pharisees wanted to uh, test Jesus. They wanted to trap him and find some accusation against him. So the Pharisees have invited Jesus to another meal. And they're watching Jesus closely. By the way, Jesus is watching them closely. And he happens to notice all these Pharisees vying for the best seats in the house. So let's see what happens. Luke 14, picking it up in verse 1, and then we'll jump to verse 7. Luke 14, 1. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Now at this point, Jesus heals a blind man, and it said, nobody said a word. It's a tough crowd. You know, like, somebody just got healed, and nobody says anything. Well, dinner, it comes time to share the meal, and everybody's finding their seats. Verse 7. When Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, Jesus told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he'll say to you, friend, move up to a better place. And then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to the host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and then you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Well, let's pray. This is the word of the Lord. God, thank you for this morning. We thank you 
that we get to worship you. You are an awesome God. We're here today crying out for change in our hearts, God. Would you bring change to this land, change to our homes? We desperately need you, God. Thank you for the word that you speak. It doesn't return empty. So God, change our hearts, change our lives as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Jesus here is reshaping our values. He is redefining what and who really matters um, and, and defining what it means to be in the best seat. For Jesus, number one, the very best seat is the one that is humble. The best seat in the house, according to Jesus, is the humble place, the place of humility. If you look again with me at the story as we walk through it together, there is a prominent Pharisee who's extended this invitation for Jesus to come to a great banquet in his home. The time comes for everyone to gather around the table, and Jesus makes an observation, verse 7. He noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table. All the guests there were vying for the most prominent seats at the party. Now, that may seem unusual, maybe, you know, in our houses today, around our tables, the, the chairs don't have, like, different ranks or different levels, or there aren't necessarily seats of honor. Maybe you have a head of the table or something like that. Um, but what are and where are these places of honor? Take a look at the next slide. Uh, this is a picture of a banquet in the days of Jesus, and they were set up in a special way. This isn't normally how Jewish people would eat. They would normally have a table and chairs. But when there was a banquet or a big feast, they would uh, actually set up in this way with three low tables arranged in a U. Cushions were placed around the outside of the table. And then when everybody showed up, they could kind of recline on the couch and enjoy a meal and conversation. It was a, a very Roman way, in fact, of celebrating a banquet. Now the host or the guest of honor would sit at the center of the U, right there in the middle. Then the seat immediately to the left and the right of the center of the U were considered the most honored seats. And then it went down from there, <laughs> descending honor and rank to the very end of the U. And uh, that's kind of the nosebleed section. Nobody really wants to be there. Uh, it was considered the lowest place. Now, I know it's kind of hard to believe on a Sunday morning here at church that the very best seats are the ones closest to the front. <laughs> but in those days... At Jesus' time, that's how it was. In that culture, the closer one sat, the more honor one had. One commentator wrote, where one sat was assigned or allowed to sit at a meal vis-a-vis -vis the host was a public advertisement of one's status. No wonder everybody was so eager to get to the front and the center. Not only was it a great place to sit, but to sit there was a way of saying that you were somebody important. You were somebody special. So Jesus is wa watching as 
all the people jockey for the best seats. But what Jesus saw in that moment was a lack of humility. And this was coming from the people who were really the most into God. And Jesus is thinking, this is not how people who are close to God are supposed to act. And he warns the guests about the dangers of pride. And we see that in a parable that Jesus tells. In verse 8, Jesus offers this scenario. When somebody invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. And then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. Jesus' parable is a warning against pride. Like, he, he imagines this situation where, where pride has risks. There's risks of being proud. You see, you may uh, have been invited to this great party. And what happens if somebody assumes that they're in this honored seat, but then somebody more important shows up? And suddenly the host says, oh, you can't sit here. There's somebody more important that gets to sit there. But all the other good seats are taken, and now you're back in the nosebleed section again. And Jesus says, how humiliating, how embarrassing would that be? Jesus' teaching here actually reflects a well-known proverb from Proverbs 16, 18, which says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. Or as we like to say it, pride goes before a... Yeah, you've heard of that too. Okay, good. <laughs> um, right, pride has a way of leading to a fall. A lot of people have been brought down by pride. And we know the stories. The uh, Titanic, I'm going for the famous one here. Titanic was called the unsinkable ship. And yet, it sits today at the bottom of an ocean. Not just because of an iceberg, but because of what? Because of human pride. Think about it, pride brought the downfall of Lucifer, the great archangel. And consider this. Some people will remain eternally separated from God because they are too proud to come to Jesus and to admit their need for him. See, pride, we're not just talking about being proud. We're talking here about overconfidence. And overconfidence has a way of blinding us to our own weaknesses. And it makes us vulnerable for a fall. Right? The person at the banquet had the best seat until they didn't. Pride has risks. Now Jesus continues with the parable. And he now emphasizes the value of humility. Verse 10. But when you're invited, take the lowest place, Jesus says. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. And you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus describes someone here who is humble. Someone who's taken the humble place. What does it look like to take the humble place? It means to take a lower place. So somebody else gets the better place. Reminds me of, uh, I've been in one of those situations where uh, you're waiting for a table at a restaurant and they have the waiting area and there's all those seats. 
I'm always, you know, I've seen those situations where there's a, maybe there's an older person who comes in, and rather than making them stand and wait, somebody gets up and says, here, you can have my seat, you can sit here, I'll go ahead and stand. And the best seat in the house is the humble seat, the humble place. I uh, had an opportunity to, to work for a pastor who was uh, a real leader and man of God, and um, I, I found out one, one time he wasn't too proud to clean the church toilets. And he modeled humility. He modeled taking the lowest place. What would humility look like today for me and for you? What would it look like to be aware of the needs around us, to be willing to embrace those needs, to serve in those needs? See, the low seat means we're quick to serve. Let nothing be beneath us, and let's be those who lift others up. And isn't that what Jesus did for us? One of my favorite verses comes from Philippians chapter 2, which says, In humility, value others above yourselves. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset. Have the mindset. Be aware of the needs. Have the mindset of Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Wow. Jesus took the lowest place. He went low. He humbled himself even to the point of dying on the cross and shedding his blood for our sins, rising from the dead. And the Bible teaches that all who trust in Jesus, who is exalted, will, will know God, will come to know God, will have an eternal relationship with God. And we will be able to humble ourselves because we will be exalted with Christ. We have a future. Our future is secure. So we can serve people. We are free to serve. I'll quote about humility from Pastor Rick Warren. He writes, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Don't think of humility that way. Oh, I just need to be down on my, no, it's not saying that. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. Humility is thinking more of others. And that's what Jesus has modeled for us. What's the best seat in the house, according to Jesus? The best seat is the one that is humble. Number two, the best seat is one that is open to all. So up to this point in the story, Jesus has been directing all of his teaching towards the guests. And he said, guests, be willing to take the lower seat. Be willing to be humble. Now, Jesus turns from the guests to the host. Yeah, he's got some good stuff for the host. He's saying to the host, open your table to all. So the best seat in the house isn't the exclusive one, but it, for Jesus, it's the one that's open to everyone. And the idea kind of got me thinking about uh, the, the school bus scene in Forrest Gump. Remember that scene where, where Forrest is like walking onto the bus and everybody's sitting with their friends, shaking their heads, can't sit here. And then he comes down to this little girl who says, 
oh, you can have this seat. You can sit here. And that's what Jesus is inviting us. He's saying the best seat is just the one that's open to all. Listen to how Jesus explains it in verse 12. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the, the righteous. And Jesus is speaking to the host now. And we learned in verse 1, he is a prominent Pharisee. This, this is somebody in the upper crust. And Jesus tells this man, when you throw a party, when you host a meal, don't invite, and he lists four groups of people. Did you catch those four groups? Friends, brothers and sisters, relatives, or rich neighbors. Do you all have rich neighbors? No? Okay, neither do I. So we could just scratch that one off the list, okay? How about friends and family? Is Jesus really saying, don't invite your friends and family to a meal? Absolutely not. Jesus shared meals with family and friends. We've seen that in our series when Jesus uh, had a, shared a meal with Mary and Martha, who were dear friends, and Lazarus, their brother. So he did that. But I think Jesus' point is, sometimes we're so focused on our family and friends that we're not, again, seeing the needs. We're not seeing the people beyond our limited vision. And so Jesus just says, don't, don't stop there. Don't stop with that. There's more. Who else should we invite? Well, Jesus now gives us four groups of people to invite in verse 13. And who are they? The poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. One time John the Baptist asked Jesus, are you the one who is to come? And Jesus replied to John, tell John, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, and the poor have good news preached to them. We are being challenged today by Jesus to love strangers. Those who have real needs. Those who might be far from God. Those who need good news preached to them. The gospel. And remember the gospel isn't just a formula that we're trying to get somebody to believe. But the gospel is literally the story of heaven is now accessible on earth. Through the forgiveness of sins, the blood of Jesus, we are invited to a new relationship with God. It's not just for us, but for everybody on earth. That is good news. How do we get the good news out? How do we share that good news with others? May I suggest we don't need the best gospel track of 2023. You don't need the little dollar bill that you can slip into the roll of toilet paper. So while somebody's there pulling, they're like, oh, I'm just so excited to learn about Jesus. Not that at all. How does Jesus share the good news of the kingdom? Food, meals. I believe good food and good conversations create natural opportunities 
to share the good news. I think about my own spiritual journey. I was a teenager. My best friend's house was always a welcome place for me to hang out. It just so happened that my friend and his family were Christians. I didn't know what I didn't know. But his family began inviting me just to stick around. Hey, enjoy a family meal with us. I began to see things I hadn't seen before, like families praying together. I saw the difference that Christ had made in their lives. And when the time came for them to invite me to church or youth group, I was ready. Because I had had some table time with some people who love Jesus. It's my story. Hospitality opens the doorway to the kingdom. Something about food. I tell you what, you want to reach a teenage boy, just give him some food. <laughs> it worked. Worked for me. Good food and good conversation create natural opportunities to share the good news. And over the last 10 years, Angie and I have just put into practice something you might call an open table. When we open our home to people we meet, sometimes they're strangers, they're people we've recently met. Open our table to people who might not know Jesus, and we see God work in really cool ways. Didn't always do that. Been doing that for about the last 10 years. We were first motivated when we did a course at our church called The Tangible Kingdom. And then in 2019, we did The Tangible Kingdom here at Hope Community Church by an author's name is Hugh Halter. And uh, Hugh got to be a mentor of mine for a season. And Hugh would say this. He would say, the way to the soul is through the heart. And as my grandma taught me, the way to the heart is through the stomach. Amen. <laughs> Getting hungry. As there's something about food that brings people together. And if we'll be hosts, if we'll be inviters like Jesus has challenged us. What does he say to us? Look there at the end of Luke 14, 12 through 14. We'll put that scripture back up. Highlight this there at the end. There we go. Yeah, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. What does it say about us? It says, you will be blessed. You'll be blessed. You'll get to be a part of seeing lives changed by Jesus Christ. He talks about the reward of heaven. The reward is we get to be with Jesus forever. And I love spending time with my friends who are Christians, but you know what? The reality is I get to spend eternity with all of you. But there are some people in my life right now who need Jesus Christ. And what if we would have our antennas up to not just invite our friends or our family members, but if we look beyond to those who need Jesus Christ. As Jesus says, the best seat is the one open to all. You see how Jesus is changing our values, what the best seat is? Just one meal. He turns all of our cultural values upside down. That's who Jesus is. He counters the hypocrisy of the Pharisees by teaching us the genuineness we long for is found in humility and love for people. The best seat is the one that's humble and open to all. Let's pray.
God, thank you for this challenging message this morning. I'm just so grateful that you invite me to look beyond myself. And I pray today that you would help us to have our antenna up to the people that you've placed around us. They're not there by accident. But God, you are inviting us into an adventure, into a kingdom. Your kingdom is coming, God, and let us be the ones who joyfully share that good news with the world around us. Thank you for changing our lives, for changing our story. We know we can't live this out in our own strength, so we pray for your Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, God, with love, joy, peace, patience, and all those beautiful fruits so that we can live for you every single day for your glory. It's in your name we pray.